Chapter Thirteen of the Double Life of Mr. Alfred Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Double Life of Mr. Alfred Burton by E. Phillips Oppenheim. Chapter Thirteen. Proof Positive. Burton did not get very far with his novel. About nine o'clock on the same evening mr waddington who was spending a quiet hour or two with his books was disturbed by a hasty knock at the door of his rooms he rose with some reluctance from his chair to answer the summons burton he exclaimed burton came quickly in he was paler even than usual and there were black shadows under his eyes there was a change in his face indescribable but very apparent his eyes had lost their dreamy look he glanced furtively about him he had the air of a man who has committed a crime and fears detection his dress was not nearly so neat as usual mr waddington whose bachelor evening clothes a loose dinner jacket and carefully tied black tie were exactly as they should be glanced disparagingly at his visitor my dear burton he gasped whatever is the matter with you you seem all knocked over burton had thrown himself into a chair he was contemplating the little silver box which he had drawn from his pocket i've got to take one of these he muttered that's all when i've eaten it there will be three left i took the last one exactly two months and four days ago at the same rate in just eight months and sixteen days i shall be back again in bondage mr waddington was very much interested he was also a little distressed are you quite sure he asked of your symptoms absolutely certain burton declared sadly i found myself this evening trying to kiss my landlady's daughter who is not in the least good-looking i was attracted by the programme of a music hall and had hard work to keep from going there a man asked me the way to leicester square just now and i almost directed him wrongly for the sheer pleasure of telling a lie i nearly bought some ties at an outfitter shop in the strand such ties it's awful awful mr waddington mr waddington nodded his head compassionately i suppose you know what you're talking about he said you see i have already taken my second bean and to me the things that you have spoken of seem altogether incredible i could not bring myself to believe that an absolute return to those former horrible conditions would be possible for either you or me by the by he added with a sudden change of tone i've just managed to get a photograph of the romney i was telling you of burton waved it away it doesn't interest me in the least he declared gloomily i very nearly bought a copy of ally sloper on my way down here mr waddington shivered i suppose there is no hope for you he said it is excessively painful for me to see you in this state on the whole i think that the sooner you take the bean the better burton suddenly sat up in his chair what are those sheets of paper you have on the table he asked quickly they are the sheets of paper left with a little flower-pot in the room of idlemay house mr waddington answered i was just looking them through and wondering what language it was they were written in it is curious too that our friend should have only translated the last few lines burton rose from his chair and leaned over the table looking at them with keen interest it was about those papers that i started out to come and see you 
he declared there must be some way by which we could make the action of these beans more permanent i propose that we get the rest of the pages translated we may find them most valuable mr waddington was rather inclined to favour the idea i cannot think he admitted why it never occurred to us before whom do you propose to take them to there is someone i know who lives a little way down in the country burton replied he's a great antiquarian and egyptologist and if anyone can translate them i should think he would be able to lend me the sheets of manuscript just as they are and i will take them down to him tomorrow it may tell us perhaps how to deal with the plant so that we can get more of the beans eight months is no use to me when i'm like this just drifting back everything seems possible i can even see myself back at clematis villa walking with ellen listening to the band leaning over the bar at the golden lion listen he stopped short a barrel organ outside was playing a music-hall ditty his head kept time to the music i wish i had my banjo he exclaimed impulsively then he shivered did you hear that a banjo i used to play it you know mr waddington looked shocked the banjo he repeated do you really mean that you want to play it at the present moment i do burton replied if i had it with me now i should play that tune i should play others like it everything seems to be slipping away from me i can smell the supper cooking in my little kitchen at clematis villa delicious my god i can't bear it any longer here goes he took a bean from his pocket with trembling fingers and swallowed it then he leaned back in his chair for several moments with closed eyes when he opened them again an expression of intense relief was upon his face i am coming back already he declared faintly thank heavens mr waddington your room is charming sir japanese prints too i had no idea you're interested in them that third one is exquisite and what a dado hewlings himself designed it for me mr waddington observed with satisfaction there are several things i should like you to notice burton that lacquer-work box burton was already holding it in his fingers and was gazing at it lovingly it is perfect he admitted what workmanship you are indeed fortunate mr waddington and isn't that mona lisa on the walls what a beautiful reproduction i am saving up money even now to go to paris to see the original only a few nights ago i was reading potter's appreciation of it he rose and wandered around the room making murmured comments all the time presently he came back to the table and glanced down at the sheets of manuscript mr waddington he said let me take these to my friend i feel that the last few hours must have been a sort of nightmare and yet he drew out a little box from his waistcoat pocket and peered inside he was suddenly grave it was no nightmare then he muttered i have really taken a bean you took it not a quarter of an hour ago mr waddington told him burton sighed it is awful to imagine that i should have needed it he confessed there must be some way out of this you will trust me with these sheets mr waddington if my friend in the country can do nothing for us i will take them to the british museum by all means mr waddington replied 
take care of them bring them back safely i should like if possible to have a written translation it should indeed prove most interesting burton went out with the musky smelling sheets in his pocket all the temptations of the earlier part of the evening had completely passed away he walked slowly because a big yellow moon hung down from the sky and because mr waddington's rooms were in a neighborhood of leafy squares and picturesque houses when he came back to the more travelled ways he ceased however to look about him he took a bus to westminster and returned to his rooms somehow or other the possession of the sheets acted like a sedative he felt a new confidence in himself the absurdity of any return to his former state had never been more established the remainder of the night he spent in the same way as many others he drew his writing-table up to the open window and with the lights of the city and the river spread out before him and the faint wind blowing into the room he worked at his novel End of chapter 13 recording by john brandon